This episode of Country Queer Spotlight is brought to you by New West Records. Pick up your copy of Aaron Lee Tastian's fourth solo album, Tastian, 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 available now at newwestrecords.com or your local indie record store. Ride me cowboy Till the cows come home Till the cows, till the cows come home Look deep in my eyes Put your hands on my thighs And ride, ride, ride Saddle up, cowpokes, and get ready to hit the trail with Country Queer Spotlight The podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene Join your host, Rachel Coles, as she chats with her guests about their music, their background, their influences, and more. Let's ride. Ride me, cowboy, till the cows come home. Till the cows, till the cows come home. Deep in my eyes, put your hands on my thighs. Welcome, cowpokes, to another episode of Country Queer Spotlight. Today we're going to listen to an interview I conducted with Paisley Fields back in May 2020. It was actually the first interview we recorded for this podcast series, and this is not the first episode of Country Queer Spotlight, but sometimes it just shakes out like that. In fact, I don't think uh, either of us ended up going on the vacations we discussed in this interview Paisley and I have a personal relationship coming up in the Brooklyn queer country scene. We've been to barbecues, the beach, and birthday parties together, and I'm excited for you to find out why Paisley is one of the best people to hang out with. We talk Paisley's non-binary identity, stage looks, shooting a music video with his husband, and the songs that went into her latest album, Electric Park Ballroom. Before we jump into the interview, let's listen to Ride Me Cowboy. All right, all you buckaroos, time to rope them up, ease on into the ride. Suns are going down on this cattle town, leave your boots under the chair. Play me a song on the steel guitar, in nothing but your underwear. We'll have a couple of beers and look up at the stars While the old white porch swing sways And come inside and I'll give you a ride At the end of your honky-tonk day Ride me cowboy Ride me good Sweat it all out, holler and shout, 
So welcome to the show, James. Or should I introduce you as Paisley Fields? Paisley Fields is great. I like yeah. that. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> um, actually, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about is because I've been treated to seeing your shows for almost like 10 years now, which is wild when you think about oh it. Oh my God, it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, I feel like you have made some pretty significant changes to... Um, the way you present yourself on stage and your aesthetics over the last couple of years in preparation for Electric Park Ballroom. Um, so, and one of those changes is going exclusively by Paisley Fields. I was curious if you would like to talk about that. And if you want to skip a question, feel free to say so. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, I can talk about that. I mean, I think people are curious. I've always just felt that, I guess, I, you know, I feel like I've grown a lot in the last 10 years performing as Paisley Fields, whether it's with Paisley Fields. And, you know, I feel like I identify more as non-binary and I feel like Paisley is a better name for me. Mm -hmm. um, it just feels like it fits more naturally. And, you know, in addition to that, um, just that like personal part of myself, I don't really feel like because I perform with so many different musicians, being a band is usually a unit of, you know, three or four of the same people. And I'm always performing with different musicians and collaborating with a lot of different artists. So it, it just feels, it feels weird to say we're a band when mm -hmm. it's always somebody different on stage with me. Um, so it just feels like Paisley makes more sense to me and it feels like right with who I am as a person. Um, so that's kind of where. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, like the press photos for Glitter and Sawdust, you're like, like super butch looking with like the white t-shirt <laughs> yeah. and the jeans. And then now you've got a it's like beautiful aesthetic with the fringe and the feathers. Yeah, thanks. How does that feel for you? Um, I like it. I've, I've always wanted to explore that a little bit more and explore the feminine side of me. 
Um, so I'm just, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I've always loved fashion and I've loved dressing up and just really kind of pushing the boundaries and seeing what fits and what feels good. What's the planning that goes into it? Because you and I in the past have talked about like Orville Peck and I'm not trying to like compare you, but I know that, you know, there's, he also like builds this whole like sort of aesthetic and almost like universe around him. And so I was wondering like if, how you feel that connects if there's something inherently queer about sort of creating this sort of larger than life stage persona? I mean, I think that's a, a thing that's always happened in country music. You look at the history and you see, you know, Porter Wagner and Dolly Parton in these big over the top rhinestone suits. And it's just part of country music, I think. And I, I just love it. I love experimenting with it. And I love to make people look and, you know, take a second look and be like, what, what is he wearing? <laughs> you know, um, I think it's fun. And I take a lot of my inspiration also from drag culture. I've worked with drag queens a lot and just seeing the bold choices that they make in fashion is influential to me. And uh, I just like, I like having fun with it. And I, I love clothes and dressing up, you know. Do you like plan things out in advance or do you just kind of look at all the stuff you have and sort of assemble an outfit out of it? Um, I, I do plan things out in advance. I worked with a stylist for the, the album cover shoot oh, and cool. he, um, he came up with a lot of the looks and we collaborated on a lot of it together. Um, so we'll just shop around and he'll say, you know, what do you think of this? Do you like this? Do you want to wear a floral three-piece suit? And I'll say, of course I do. <laughs> um, and that's kind of, you know, how we, how we decide on the looks. Are you still getting stuff together by shopping online or, or you, do you have what you were going to have for the tour and you'll just sort of stick with that I've for now? Some of that. I'm, I'm always like shopping. <laughs> um, I had a lot of looks together for the tour. Like, I think we were set pretty much through summer. Um, but yeah, I always need more clothes. Yeah. Right. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of making you look good, you filmed your latest music video, not like the other boys with your husband, and it was gorgeous all the way around. Um, how, what was that process like? Thank you. That was fun because I'd never collaborated creatively with my husband before, you know, on a project like this. Um, so it was really cool. And he's a hobby photographer, so he has an eye for these sort of things already. So we were able to work together really nicely. And I, I told him when we started, I was, I said, you know, I promise I won't be mean to you more than twice. <laughs> and I didn't, I, I, I wasn't too much of a diva, but it was a lot of fun. And um, I also, you know, we had a couple different cuts of the video and I sent it to um, Matthew who does my styling and a few of my friends and my bandmates and got their opinions. And we ended up changing a bunch of stuff. Um, through their expertise. Uh, so it was, it was more than just the two of us. We had a team collaborating on it, but it was, it was just a lot of fun and we had a good time making it. I was curious about uh, his creative outlets. So I guess he already had that kind of knack and kept going with it. Yeah, he does um, more, I guess, still life photography. We travel a lot, so he always has his camera and is taking pictures of architecture or airplanes and <laughs> he, he does it for fun, he likes it.
That's cool. Do, do you think he's going to make any more videos with you? I, well, depending on how long we're stuck in here, <laughs> it might have to. <laughs> well, I was just uh, chatting with uh, my coworker in the park about how like, maybe in August I could like go somewhere exotic like Queens for vacation. <laughs> 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 um, but we are going to probably do that anyway. So we'll see how things are opening back up. Um, and now that we've listened a little bit more about the behind the scenes stories and drama, except not really, about the other boys' music video, let's listen to it. Mom's high heels, grandma's earrings, looking back through the mirror is a country queen. Men on the couch, Sunday football.
I guess I should have said this at the beginning, but you split your time between New York and Nashville, and right now you're in New York. Um, mm-hmm. But it feels like we're on other sides of the planet. <laughs> I know. I was talking with a friend yesterday. We had a co-write, mm-hmm. and we were saying, we both live in New York, and it's sort of like, it. distance doesn't matter now. Like, you could be in California, for all I know, because we're just not, like, I'm not seeing anybody, so it's, I don't know, it's just really weird. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm glad I'm in New York. It feels like home. And like our tour was canceled, you know, like as we were on tour. So we were supposed to play Memphis and then a bunch more dates, South by Southwest. I ended up canceling everything because it was just starting to feel really unsafe. Drove back to, so we played Texarkana. Next day, drove to Nashville, dropped off the trailer, dropped off my band. And then I just started driving to New York and that was on like March 14th or something. And then I haven't left mm-hmm. since then. I packed up my whole, like everything I had in Nashville. Cause I was like, I don't know if I'm coming back here or not. Mm-hmm. Wait, I have a question though. When you're telling Brad that you wouldn't be mean to him more than twice, does that mean there are other people that you're mean to? Cause I don't believe that for a second. Um, no, you mean Ryan? My Ryan. Husband? Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I'm not. I, yeah. I'll just sometimes get a little, um, I want things a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so I try my best to convey that nicely, but sometimes I can get a little <laughs> irritated or snippy, but oh. I, I'm a pretty nice person. Mostly. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Well, you can cut <laughs> that out if you want to keep your image. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so you were talking about collaborations and I know you worked a lot with Sam Gleaves on Electric Park Ballroom. And I was wondering if you could speak to like, you know, tell people who aren't familiar like about Sam and how your relationship started. Cause you've been working on songs together and things for like the past few years, right? Um, for we've, I've known Sam for quite a while. We met on the queer country tour with Karen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was introduced to him through her and we played that show and then we played a few shows together. And, you know, when I'm in his neck of the woods or he's in my neck of the woods, we'll get together. And we've written a few songs. So he's on a couple of the tracks um, and we wrote those songs together. So the other voice, he sings on that. And that was the song we wrote. Um, and then Patrick from Lavender Country is on there. I also collaborated with Mia Byrne, who's a queer country star herself. And um, Alex Battles co-wrote a song with me. So it's, yeah, I, I love collaborating. And Sam is a really great person to collaborate with. He's a really talented artist and I have a lot of respect for him. And I think what he's doing is really, really exciting and different. Cool. And- I felt like you changed your approach to songwriting for this album overall. Like it's really crisp in yeah. a way that I haven't really been able to define compared to like glitter and sawdust. Um, are you aware of any changes you made to your songwriting process or did you have a different Thank focus you. coming into this one? Um, you know, with glitter and sawdust, I was, I, in my mind was making that more of a concept album. Mm-hmm. And for this, it, it's an album that's just a collection of songs. And there's a story there, but it's not a concept album in that same sense. So I was really just approaching each song individually more. 
um, and not having this whole bigger picture of like what song needs to fit into what theme. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to write a song and this is the feeling that I have right now. So that's where the song's coming from. And a lot of the songs I wrote while I was on tour, um, so most of them come from when I was on the road. Oh, cool. I wrote Ride Me Cowboy when I was laying in bed one morning in like mm -hmm. 15 minutes and I just thought it was kind of funny. What were you thinking about? <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> well, <laughs> all I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I also feel like there's a lot of different like emotional uh, peaks and valleys on the album. Like you have some really funny songs like Ride Me Cowboy and then some really tragic ones. Um, and I was wondering if you had any kind of like intentionality behind how you like order or sequenced or ordered the tracks on the album because it definitely is sort of like funny and then like a really sad one then like a kind of like a nice one or happy one i approached it the same way that i approach a set list when i'm putting on a show and i want to take the listener on a journey and i think you know every story has their the peaks and valleys and it was important for me to do that i don't want to have like a an album of downers or like an album right. of all like dance songs. I mean, I wanted to just reflect our current world, which is completely different now from when I was writing <laughs> it. Um, but it's a snapshot of the past, I guess. <laughs> I guess every source is a primary source of some kind. Yeah. Um, for those historians out there. Um, but yeah, what was the inspiration behind Time's Up Red? Because I was like very dramatic and felt like kind of an emotional climax for the album. It's like, cause it's both like talking about some really like serious events, but then also it has like this kind of humor in it. Mm -hmm. um, well, I love murder ballads and you know, I've been listening to a lot of murder ballads. It was sort of like a bit of a nod to Goodbye Earl. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote that song, my, one of my best friends, got a cabin in Minnesota for a birthday and she's like come up to Minnesota we'll just have like a writer's retreat and so she like I was bouncing ideas off of her and we sort of like worked on that together she's not a musician but she's a, a really fantastic writer so she helped me out with some ideas for that and I just thought it'd be cool to I feel like murder ballads a lot of times the woman is the victim and I sort of wanted to turn that around Right, it turned like who the victim is around too. Exactly, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're doing all this stuff where you're like making like these very guttural noises. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was Willie, our banjo player. They were <laughs> doing all this stuff for fun, like as a joke, and we we're like, "What? If we put that in there? We kind of add this like layer of dark humor to it." <laughs> yeah. Since we're talking about it, let's listen to "Times Up, Brad." from Electric Park Ballroom. Maggie and Josh, friends from the sandbox, nothing could keep them apart. Catching butterflies on Maggie's farm, cruising gravel roads in Josh's car. Josh had a secret no one knew, Maggie said I'll never tell. She smiled as he told her of his truth on the edge of the wishing well. Josh said I gotta get out of this town When we graduate I'm gone Swore to make the most of time they had Three weeks later Maggie found Brad He seemed alright but soon enough Red flags started to fly One day Josh picked her up for school She had a bruise on her left eye Things look from bad to urgent 
got to her house Brad had left in a rage And they knew the clock was ticking So like Wanda and Marianne They hatched a plan What's the plan, girls? Put pills in his bourbon Cut the brakes to his suburban It was all black and white This was gonna be the very last night he a bottle of Jack half empty in the back of Brad's wrecked truck. Now Brad has a new pair of cement shoes and his picture on the cover of the local news. They drove his body miles away to a place no one could find. The paper called him a man on the run and they had an airtight alibi. The years drifted all away. Soon everyone forgot his name. The two moved to Tennessee. Stars in the Nashville scene, no regretful thoughts. Yo, Brad deserves just what he got, and the world will keep on spinning. So, like Wanda and Marianne, they hatched a plan. This episode of Country Queer Spotlight is brought to you by New West Records. Aaron Lee Tastian's fourth solo album, Tastian, 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 pushes the boundaries of taste and imagination to new heights, unrestrained by genre or subject matter. Available now at newwestrecords.com or your favorite local indie record store. You're listening to Country Queer Spotlight, the podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene. You can find more queer country content and merch at countryqueer.com. Now, back to the show with your host, Rachel Colst. And then like Electric Park Ballroom also has like this kind of fun disco influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Electric Park Ballroom is a, a real place. And the reason I named the album that is because it's where I first felt my real connection to country music. It's a ballroom in Waterloo, Iowa, where my family and I would go when I was a kid and we'd do mind dancing lessons like every week. And they always played like the top country songs. Um, and a lot of times I felt that I was not a part of the country genre, like I have people like me were not welcome in that and I didn't see myself represented. 
But when I was line dancing, I just felt like, oh girl, I'm like, line dancing is gay as hell. So I felt like I fit in there, you know? And, and I connected with country music in that way. Um, and that was my first deep connection with it. So that's why the song was named that. And I thought it'd be cool to make, so the, the song Shuffle and Fools, where Electric Park Ballroom, the title comes from, I thought it'd be cool to make that a dance song since dancing was sort of my first connection to country music. Yeah. So that sounds like you didn't grow up with country music and like at home, you, it was sort of part of like the special time. Um, that you I had. mean, yes and no. Mm -hmm. In Iowa, it's just like everywhere. So I had it everywhere. And like when I was on my grandparents' farm, we'd always have, they'd always have the radio tuned to the classic country station. So you'd hear like Ernest Tubb and all that stuff. And it was just always, it was always around. Um, but that was where I felt like a, a real connection to it. Well, now we gotta listen to the cornerstone of this album and the song from which Electric Park Ballroom gets its name, Shuffling Fool. Electric Park Ballroom, the place is buzzing Nobody to dance with, not even a cousin When they call the first line dance, I hit the floor Making new friends is such a goddamn chore Everybody steps left and I step right I start to worry It's not my night But I click my heels and get back in line Cause a quarter of the time I'm watching you Shuffle 
I was going to ask you, like, who are some of your biggest musical influences? That's, <laughs> I always have a hard time with that question because I have, like, there's so many and it's so diverse. Like, when I was a kid, I could be listening to, like, Nina Simone or I'd go, I'd listen to Bright Eyes or the Dixie Chicks. You know, it's just, like, I basically, I wanted to get my hands on any music. I was just, I, I was so passionate about music and I loved it and I loved exploring all different types of it. Uh, so there, there are a lot of varieties and it's hard to narrow down like one specific artist or musician that really had the biggest influence on me. But I'd say a lot of the musicians, like piano, anybody who played mm -hmm. piano, I really gravitated towards. Now, Paisley ticked off a whole bunch of influences there. And like I said, we recorded this in May, so the chicks hadn't changed their name yet. Uh, but I thought it would be interesting to juxtapose some of Paisley's music with another artist that also combined pop and country elements in their music, at least for this album. So we're going to listen to the chicks' song, March, March. To my own drum, march, march to my own drum. Hey, hey, I'm an army of one. Oh, I'm an army of one. March, march to my own drum, march, march to my own drum. Hey, hey, I'm an army of one. Oh, I'm an army of one. Run as back in here, cause you don't like Mondays. Underpay your teacher, police in the hallways. Print yourself a weapon and take it to the Cut the shit, you ain't going to the gun range Standing with Emma and her sons and daughters Watching our youth have to solve our problems I follow them, so who's coming with me? Half of you love me, half already hate me March, march to my own drum March, march to my own drum Hey, hey, I'm an army of one Oh, 
yeah, I mean, you have been all over the world as a musician. Like, so you grew up in Iowa, you've been in Japan, now you're in New York. How, like, connect those dots for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Iowa after I graduated. I just wanted to get out and get somewhere bigger and be around, be around people who are more like me, you know? So I moved to New York and lived, lived here for you know, five or six years. And then um, I've been with my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. And he was like, do you want to move to Japan? Because he had just got laid off and I was sick of my job. I was working in an office. Um, I was also, you know, pursuing a career in music. I was working at a nightclub and was just like, just felt like I was working all the time and not really getting anywhere. And so we were like, yeah, why not? Let's go to Japan for a year. We'll keep our apartment and then we'll come back here. And so we went there and I ended up uh, getting a cultural studies visa to study taiko drumming in this uh, small town in the Japanese countryside. And there I met this musician named Kazunari Abe and we formed a band, um, a, a duo band, and he plays a shinobue, which is a Japanese bamboo flute. And I played piano and sang and we did this sort of like world music fusion type of folk thing. Um, and people really liked it there and we ended up touring the country and we recorded an album and our concert was broadcast on TV and I- Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, people stopped me for autographs. I felt <laughs> like a celebrity. Um, and then I came back to New York and I decided I didn't want to, I didn't want to work in an office anymore. Like I was going to do what I had to do to be a full-time musician. So I took a job at a piano bar and I worked, you know, for a record label and just took all, and you know, was a vocal coach, a piano teacher, did all these like different jobs within music, but it was important to me to just stay within music. And eventually I got far enough as a musician that I thought, okay, I can take this next step and just be a full-time artist. And so in the last couple of years, that's what I've been doing. And I connected with, you know, Patrick from Lavender Country. We toured together. I did a lot of touring. I wrote with some other artists who had um, songs that got on the Billboard chart and I thought, hey, why don't I try out Nashville? That's the center of country music. So I spent a few months down there and now I'm, that's, that's kind of it. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Let's listen to some of the music that Paisley made in Japan with her musical partner, Kazumari Abe. This is Inori o Kyoku ni Komemashita, which translates to performed with a prayer. Thank you. 
what was the point that where you felt like you could do it full time? When I was getting like the bigger, the bigger shows, I felt like, I just felt like I had to take a leap mm-hmm. that I didn't feel like I was doing it full time, but I thought, okay, if I continue playing in piano bars five nights a week and elevating these other musicians, I'm never going to get anywhere myself. So I just have to like, I have to go for it and I have to try it now. And so I, it was a, it was a long process and I planned it out and we talked about, I talked about it with my husband for probably a year before actually doing it, Mm -hmm. but I just, you know, planned it out the best I could. And I thought I, it's, I'm never going to have another chance to do this. Like I got to go for it. Well, I'm glad you did. And you should have been at South by Southwest. So I think hopefully that <laughs> you can keep that with you though. Right. Cause you know, not anybody gets to play there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure it feels really difficult right now though. Yeah, it is. Um, it's difficult, but it's also like everybody's dealing with this lockdown and people have it so much worse than me. So I feel like, you know, when I start to feel bad for myself, it's like, okay, it's, we're going to get through this. Like we're all, we all have to face the facts that this is like how the world is now. And it's just about moving forward and trying to figure out what's next. How did you get started on piano? I know you were teaching yourself guitar for a little while, but I know piano is like the instrument you've been most comfortable with. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. I actually taught myself piano to start. Um, My parents about this digital keyboard for my sister and I sat down and I just started playing it and I was able to play with both hands already and I convinced them to give me piano lessons. I think my first song was like Scarborough Fair or something really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, just like I kind of taught myself and I really, really enjoyed it and it felt really natural and easy for me and fun and so it was, it was easy for me to learn because I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool because you don't really associate pianos with country music or at least like modern country music. So you're just kind of like breaking all kinds of barriers, just doing yeah. what you're doing. Breaking all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you faced any like barriers while you've been touring or in Nashville? I think one time you told me that actually like a lesbian bar wouldn't book you or am I thinking of somebody else? Oh, no, you're thinking of me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they were like, well, yeah, they said we wouldn't be a good fix if they're a lesbian bar, which I didn't really understand. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've I've faced that. We've had had a show canceled on us once because they found out we were queer. I was told that later. This was years ago. But I think things are changing, and I think it's getting easier. The thing, you know, I talked about with one friend, is um, in country music, they want, you can be queer, but you gotta be butch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like if you're gonna be a gay dude, you gotta be a masculine gay dude. Mm -hmm. So that's like, that's kind of a challenge for me. And that's not something I'm really wanting to compromise on or be, try, try to be more like masculine to fit into a certain mold. So it's a challenge, but I think like fans overall, all um are ready for it are ready for diversity in country music you know right it's somebody who looks a little more like them 
yeah. than compared to like some of the butcher guys out there. Yeah. Do you feel like in more recent years, it's been easier to be like a cis man, a cis gay man in country music or sorry, I know you said non-binary or someone who was assigned male at birth. Cause I was putting together like a sort of timeline of queer country history. And I realized that it's really only in the last 10 years that assigned male at birth people like, have been coming out as queer with their country music careers, as opposed to someone like Ty Herndon, who came out after um, he'd mm-hmm. already hit the big time. Is that a sense you're getting, or is it just sort of my own frame? Um, I think like, yeah, in the past few years, it's gotten easier, or I think that maybe there's a pressure put on the higher ups there that they feel like, okay, we need, we need a gay person. Um, but I think it's, there's still a lot of challenges and there's a lot of resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or I was just thinking like, there's no shortage of like people assigned female at birth. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> certainly there are some mainstream people who like, I suspect are queer women and who aren't out, but uh, yeah, it's really easy to find like a woman who does like vulgar country music. It's harder to find like a queer man or a queer person who's assigned male at birth doing that. But it's changing, so that's cool. Yeah. yeah, it's changing. I think it also goes back, like, it was Karen that I was talking about this with, that it goes back to the whole butch factor, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like, like, we can't divorce this idea of, like, a farmer from being, like, a really butch man somehow. Or, yeah. Like, you have to be rugged to be in the country, which isn't true. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well... Again, breaking barriers. What can I say, Paisley? <laughs> <laughs> so my last question and is, uh, are there any other country queer artists you'd like to shout out? Um, or if you, you know, we talked about a couple of the folks you've been collaborating with. Um, yeah, there are lots of them. I love yeah. them. Well, I always have to shout out my girl, Karen, from Karen mm-hmm. and the Sorrows. Um, you know, I love Patrick from Lavender Country and Sam Gleaves. Um, I love Amethyst Kia. I'm a big fan of Lil Nas X. <laughs> um, Cindy Emchi. I feel like I'm going to miss people. Mercy Bell. Yeah. Um, did I say crew. Sam? Yeah, you did. Don't worry. Uh, We're going to close today's show with two songs. First will be one of the many, many artists that Paisley shouted out. Cindy Emch and her band Secret MG Society. Now, if you didn't already know, Cindy is one of the founders of the Country Queer website. We're so grateful to her vision and to her music. And I'm very excited for you to listen to Howlin' Sober at the Moon, which comes from the album that Cindy was making. And because she was working on it, she took a step back from Country Queer. After that, we'll listen to one more song from Electric Park Ballroom. That's You, Me, and the Country, and it features Sam Gleaves, who Paisley and I discussed on vocals. Happy trails, everybody, and stay safe out there. I'm a little intense, I'll give you that.
singing about life in the backwoods I'm here to tell you what it's all about Sun's gonna tickle our eyes in the morning So far back you can't be found Coffee from a can and a day-old biscuit Cooking green beans and country ham Gonna throw my phone in the troublesome river Don't have a worry, don't have a plan This episode of Country Queer Spotlight is brought to you by New West Records. Pick up your copy of Aaron Lee Tastian's fourth solo album, Tastian, 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 available now at newwestrecords.com or your local indie record store. Well, cowpokes, we've reached the end of the trail for this episode. Thanks for listening to Country Queer Spotlight the podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene. Head on over to countryqueer.com for more queer country content and merch. Rachel Colst has been your host and producer. For new music by Roots artists of all genders and orientations, listen to her weekly podcast, Adobe and Teardrops. 
Country Queer Spotlight is edited by Zach Tomlinson, executive produced by Country Queer's founder, Dale Geist. And our theme song, Ride Me Cowboy by Paisley Fields, is courtesy of Don Giovanni Records. Ride me cowboy.